0: Hey there, guys and gals, it's me, El Capitan Muerte himself, Captain Death, here to tell you guys about an exciting new announcement I have that I'm going to put online here for a couple of the episodes. We have a new merch store up on redbubble.com, www.redbubble.com, backslash people, backslash el capitan muerte uh you know buy a sticker it's like three bucks ha- have have fun you know you do you uh anyways uh moving on to the show uh thank you all so much for your patronage and stay spoopy it's a lion it's a lion it's a lion it's a lion spooky
1: scary skeletons and shivers down your spine shrieking skulls will shut your soul and seal your goofy night. spooky scary skeletons
0: I, I always love starting with this because you're you're one of my favorite fucking people to do this with. It's been a while, so I'm I'm here, and it's been like fuck, 15 episodes, man. Yeah. You always come around and uh, float around the periphery for a while. And we've been so busy with our other activities. I've mentioned them mm-hmm. on uh, Crying Hawaiians last episode.
1: Yeah,
0: we went because he's my other DM. Yep, people know now what we do on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. And we just got done with Crying Hawaiians uh, night one of his new dungeon. And oh yeah, it's crazy.
1: It's um, great. I'm not gonna, gonna lie us. when I say that I think he's a better DM than I am.
0: That's not fair. You guys are very different people yeah. with very different reactions to things.
1: Yeah. Um, what
0: I will say is he... I still um, think,
1: like, from a personal aspect, like, I hope to gain, uh, not knowledge, but, like, you know, develop my skill set by watching him. By
0: watching anyone that, yeah. that DMs. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and, and I have the same thoughts with Harold Heavy Hands Part of me, I don't think I'll ever be a part of his campaign But I'm wishing him luck on his endeavors Because I don't know, I think he'd be a fine DM um, Something about his spontaneity rubbed me a little wrong He's also very green, he's yeah, very naive Yeah,
1: I would, I would like to run a campaign Like, And see, the problem is, I was talking to Crying Hawaiian As well as Heavy Hands last night And I said, I have no desire to be a character I really don't. I want to DM consistently. That's what I enjoy. That's I what I even, like to do. I even
0: got into your corner last night when you guys were
1: talking. I was like, I think he should DM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, I would want to play in his campaign, I, but I don't really want to be a character. So, like, that's already a negative downtick to me. I right. would not want to play with that group. I would not want to DM that group. How
0: do you feel being a character in Crying Hawaiian's campaign?
1: Uh, wonderful. Glorious. Oh,
0: so there, it's, it's not you don't want to continue being sci- like a a team player in in the rest of,
1: you know, your Dungeons and Dragons well,
0: escapades.
1: You. Might, I mean, when we do these other things, I do plan on being a character at some point. Like especially uh, with the the development. NPCs of, or
0: villains and shit, or are you talking like actually playing in a in someone else's yeah
1: DM? But I would want to do it for like like oh you're running a three week session, great. I'll, I'll play. Oh, that's fair.
0: Because it's not, what. what's your commitment to that?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I definitely, I do see myself doing that soon. But technically, I've never played a 5th f- a edition character. Okay. Which is also kind of, like, in my head, I'm like... Uh, playing a 5th yeah. edition
0: character in your campaign? I am having a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can say that um, I was playing Pathfinder, Theater of the Mind... The last time I played, which is very, let's just say artistic Mm -hmm. in its rules, uh, in its organizational skills, but this seems tactical, this seems fresh, this feels like I'm playing a game. Yeah. Whereas I felt like Theater of the Mind was just a little too hypothetical for me, like I I asked a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is where I came up with with the character I'm playing now, which is a halfling druid. Um, I had a really fun moment last night where I lightning bolted like five fucking enemies and three of them fried up immediately. <laughs> it was yeah. like, Thank you, Circle of uh, Circle of the Land feature for that uh, level three spell that I got when I turned level five that I totally didn't realize when I turned level five <laughs> that I got. Um, there's a lot of that happening. I've never played a five E campaign before, so it's very it's very new to me too. As we move forward, I always want like anyone who's <laughs> in either of the campaigns on an episode to just kind of like mention something quick like of what's going on because I feel like and there might there might be an interest for it there might not be an interest for it I feel like we could almost do like a short campaign yeah recorded over
1: several episodes I mean it would absolutely be the world of darkness like,
0: it would almost have to be, would yeah. it?
1: it? just it just makes so much sense not to. Like, we're already playing it, it's already horror-related. Yes, we could take a 5e campaign and make it, you know, scary as shit, and make it this way. Mm-hmm. But World of Darkness is already designed to improve on that aspect. So it, it just, it kind of only uh, solidifies all of the... Um, the campaigns and the elements I'm of I'm gonna
0: overshare for like a second Because I swore I'd never talk about it On the fucking podcast But I at one point really wanted to do Like a choose your own adventure Like story campaign For episode 100 To like celebrate us making it to that point mm-hmm. And As I laid down all the like Creepypasta monsters and characters I wanted to pop up As a possibility in this story I seriously got to, like, page 16 Mm -hmm. of either item, place, or thing I wanted to include in this quest with a basic level of understanding and hit points and shit before I was like, this is no longer a choose-your-own-adventure. This is now, like, a miniature D&D campaign. And I had to physically close my laptop, take a step back, and say, I do not have time to put this together and function this right now. So maybe... With a little bit more time, a little bit more study, I can kind of use, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bloodlines, whatever. Uh, World of Darkness. World of Hunter, Darkness, Hunter, Reckoning. Yeah, Vampire. Um, maybe I could use that outline to kind of find a way to bring creepypasta into a...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, use certain creature stats, but call it something else. Yeah. You know, instead of um, instead of like a statue that moves around and kills people... You know, I'll call it, like, the SCP, like, Weeping Angel that people love. You know, I think I think you could play around the pronoun game a little bit there and and give, yeah. give people something funny to listen to, at least. And then it's about what characters are sitting at the table mm-hmm. reacting to the situations I lay down. Because originally for episode 100, I wanted to get, like, a smattering of, yeah. of different attitudes.
1: It also, in that type of setting, it definitely works a lot better with, like, as we've seen like, three people in a DM. Absolutely. Um, that's kind of, like, the ideal setting. Unless you've worked together, like, continuously. Like, the only people that I see playing, like, the five and six people campaigns are professional actors, you know? Who, that's a like, good point. Yeah, like, you don't see, like, Joe Schmo in his basement with a recording device doing a six-person campaign. You see him doing three people campaigns. Because that's so much easier to balance.
0: What I was actually thinking of doing was chopping the story in half, putting half of my characters in one setting and half of my characters in another, so it actually balanced three on one side and three on the other, and then when one of them has to die in the situation, and then bring those four to a climactic finale. So that's how I would have structured the story. It would have been totally dependent on the people playing, which Mm -hmm. is the one that dies, yeah. Or if they choose to sacrifice themselves in that situation, depending on the item they had, with the mo- the unbeatable monster they were up against. Mm-hmm. There are just some creepypasta monsters that you just can't beat. So, you know, yep. you make up rules and you use, you know, things. I, I worked on that for probably three months before I was just like, I don't, I can't do this. I was graduating from school. Mm-hmm. We had, like, it was year one and a half into the podcast we're now on year three wasn't that
1: right around the start of the um the house game
0: yeah i kind of did come up with them both at the same time and the the house game was just so much more fun
1: yeah um
0: which by the uh, way i finally after the house sold i finally admitted to my parents that we were doing that there and you know my stepdad's first reaction why wasn't i invited yeah. Which I thought like fair. Like he's very mm-hmm. competitive. He's very fun. Um, and then he asked if I could adapt the rules to work at their new house and I said, You guys have too much expensive shit. We'd just break something. Yeah. You'd be upset.
1: Yeah.
0: Even with no running, like someone shoots something, throws mm-hmm. something, something and, gets knocked uh, over, and exactly. there goes a ten thousand dollar, you know, fucking painting. You know, I, I just don't wanna be faced with that. So, um I have thought about using the office before though. <laughs> my office. Yeah. So, um, anyway, we're we're rambling. Uh, there's a reason for that, which I think brings us to great point number two. Um, before coming into this, we both, uh, ate some snickerdoodle, yeah, edibles, compliments of my stepbrother, Come And, um, not only were they delicious, nutritious, and all kinds of vicious, um, I'm I'm feeling the waves, and, oh, yeah. I, and I love it. It's for like sure. I'm sitting in an ocean right now. It, I'll I'll say I'm sitting in a hot tub, and me and my friend is just shooting the shit.
1: <laughs> That's what it feels like right now. Um, mean, is it, uh, is it acceptable for me to say that there's only 22 minutes left on my birthday? Uh, and like I've been absolutely. I've, you know, I I just didn't know if like too much information. No, uh, but.
0: No, because there is no way for people to tell when we were recording this episode.
1: Cool, cool. So my entire day has been like, sip on this, hit on that. Like, kind of gradually like, oh, let me go grab a milkshake. <laughs> so ending
0: the night with an edible is like oh God, it's icing like icing on the cake. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: Uh, this is
0: why I love doing this with you. There aren't many people who I honestly honestly and comfortable doing edibles with, but mm-hmm. you have proven time and time again
1: yeah, to be a good
0: person to do edibles around. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've and I you know, if there's one person I really want to do a fucking edible with because he talks about it all the time is Frowns. Okay. He's smoked with me a bunch, yeah, but yeah. I you know, we're such foodies you'd think I'd
1: get, make get him something
0: it. at some point. Yeah. Part of me is thinking I can't even hold on to these because I know that he's not going to be able to dose. Mm -hmm. He just, he can't even smoke right now. Um, Yeah, you know, you, you gotta, like... I always say my pro tips for edibles for anyone who's interested, because people apparently love when I get high and just ramble about drugs on the show. Sure. Listen, the step one for edibles is the right atmosphere. You cannot just take an edible and throw yourself into fucking Hong Kong. Yeah. You're not going to have a good time.
1: Yeah. Um, like, I see people doing it at, like, parties, and I'm like, why? I don't know what's going to happen. You're going to you know? sit on a fucking couch <coughs> Maybe. at a party. Like, Maybe. Okay, fair. Like, that's what I would do. I once
0: walked a, like, 13-block radius around a house and came back to the same party that's fair. on mushrooms.
1: Yeah, but And mus- the only yeah, thing I tracked... Huh.
0: Was the stars (laughs) I literally just walked with my head Straight up across streets Through thoroughfares just like Whoa (laughs) That was a fun time Uh, Shout out to Gnarly Charlie Um yeah I would say step one Is your atmosphere Step two is the person you're doing it with Or people Mm -hmm. Make sure that they're comfortable Step three is never do it on an empty stomach Also true Um and don't mix too much shit. If you're dueling too many dragons, it's never wise, you know, specifically if you're new to yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, especially if, if you're new to, If you were drinking, to, like, drinking, drinking and took an edible, you'd throw
1: up. Oh, yeah, you'd have a bad time. But if
0: you were smoking some weed and took an edible, it'll be smooth. Yeah, like... And also continue to continue to smoke even after
1: taking the edible. That's another problem people run into is, like, they, they're they like, I don't really smoke pot. Ooh, I would try an edible. And then they're drunk, and then they try an edible, and it's like, but your your body's not used to it. No, you're gonna react harder.
0: That edible will hit you like a truck.
1: Yeah. So for people who smoke weed, and edible is just an
0: amplified high. I think, um, honestly, there there are one of two reactions for anyone who takes an edible. It is, oh wow, that's nice, or when's it gonna hit, and then it hits and then they when's gonna and, stop and then they <laughs> yeah. freak the fuck out maybe not literally but mentally they freak the fuck out um and that usually ends in sickness going to sleep you know what have you but you know that just happens and um i'm i'm no newbie to the weed facilities obviously episode 145 been listening to me hacking up my
1: lungs I'm assuming we're going to hop right into the story here in a second. We... I have some stories to tell. Okay. Uh, I want to do a quick plug. Absolutely. Um, so, I just want to kind of throw it out there. Also, we haven't announced my name yet. So, I'm going <laughs> to roll this right in. Do I, I personally purchased uh, one of the, the merch items. Um there, there'll be a link somewhere at some point in time. From I already
0: ours. posted your picture on yeah, yeah. on, on uh, the
1: Facebook. So I, I purchased the hoodie, uh, and it's got, where am I? Right on the front there. Uh, of course I purchased myself. Um, <laughs> Which I love. You're not the only person who's done it. Either. Yeah. I, so I'm a larger set dude. Uh, I did order a 2XL, where typically I order an XL, I probably would have gone a little bit larger, like a three XL, because it said they run small. But the largest they had was two XL. It fits very nicely. Uh, the neck took a little bit of like pulling to get, right. get we good. We did
0: notice that, but it, it's not it's not a tight fit. It's it's but it's not a lax fit. Yeah. So definitely go up a size on any order of clothing.
1: Um, but it, it's super comfortable. Uh, it's good super high quality. Good material and the print quality
0: came out surprisingly well. I gave your character like um, like weed blush on the nose and, and cheeks because oh that's I thought how, it was whiskey blush because that's how you get in real life yeah like, yeah it absolutely could be, um, and which
1: I, I also do in real life yeah which is
0: why I did it I was <laughs> like where am I's nose literally turns beet red whenever we drink or smoke so it's just like it's it's the defining feature the Santa Claus nose so uh, I put like little lines and dots mm-hmm. in that three hundred DPI picture. And it carried over to the digital print. So, yeah. I look at those things, I see those details, and I say, what a wonderful quality that is. Mm-hmm. I, of course, bought myself a shirt. It was the first thing I gifted myself once I made over, I think, $20 worth of sales towards the towards the thing. You were, of course, a contributing factor of my purchase of my own shirt. Um, it's It's just beautiful. I've shown so many people... Um that, that come like everyone I play D D with, every everyone I hang out with tends to be on the show. Mm-hmm. So whenever I show them, they're just like, Wow, that came out really nice. I think I've given the shout out on another episode already, but we um a lot of people are sending me fan pictures and I'm gonna say keep it coming. Yeah. Keep it coming. If you if you bought merch, I wanna see where it's at. Because people are talking about getting tattoos of shit. People are talking about slapping it up on in public somewhere just to kind of put it out there. And I'm just like, you know what? You do you, man.
1: I think it's neat. So, um... I have thought about getting a tattoo of, of something, but, like, I would want to get the tattoo of myself. And then that's almost like... Like
0: next level yeah
1: it's like halfway to steve like, next
0: level hubris yeah
1: <laughs> your um.
0: downfall so i will <laughs> what's that don't worry about it <laughs> Slam- little, I. little face with the bottle and the bag on his head <laughs> it's like what is that it's
1: like, stop asking questions me. and kiss it
0: <laughs> <laughs> beautiful um you'd probably enjoy the shout out I'm of course talking about Billy Fucking Wilkinson who yep. said he's gonna get Captain Death tattooed on his ass. <laughs> nice. and I, I was like, yeah. please don't. <laughs> yeah. Please don't was the first word out of my <laughs> mouth. Um so that that you know, shout outs brings me to my next topic. We've had two people submit stories. I don't think they're stories that they have written. I think they are stories that they just like that we have gotten past. And I will also say, fan shout out, that I'm told often that a lot of the stories we read is new material for a lot of people to listen to. This huh. is not... We do not always read stuff that is typical that people know exists. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we do read the big shit. We do read the popular shit. But I have delved deep into the bowels of creepypasta, and I have come out saucy and sumptuous. Um, <coughs> We have two stories to choose from I'll let you, uh, do you want to go first? Sure The first title is Crunched Up Paper House The second one is called Walking Around Outside Okay
1: I'll, um, let, I'll
0: let you take your pick
1: I'll probably do Walking Around Outside Walking Around
0: Outside Um, I think this comes from a fan named Daniel. I apologize if I got your name fucking wrong. I am stoned to the bone. Ah, okay. I was wrong about the title again. Uh you are probably go are okay. Before we jump into this, let's lay it down real quick. Please tell me you've listened to the Odd Kids episode because we were on mushrooms for that episode oh, yeah. and it is hilarious. This episode is probably Gonna go in that direction So if you are not okay With people just giggling at random Times or g- Completely getting off topic Um this might not be the episode For you no 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 I can't take off of work for, tomorrow Yeah for he put an entire So again that that joke didn't carry over But he put yeah, like okay. a pound of shrooms On my laptop <laughs>
1: We have not consumed tonight. Um, it is just the Snickerdoodle
0: that yeah, we have consumed. Yeah. But I think edibles are still all kind of similar in their mm. ways, and I think this is still going to be like we're going to putz through this shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, first story I, again. Let me let me actually confirm the name of this kid because I feel bad if I got it wrong.
1: The name if, of the story is Walking Outside the walking House Walking Outside
0: the House And this is actually a classic creepy pasta. I was right Interesting, apparently this story ends with a song So, um Oh, cool we'll this ep- Absolutely Fuck, I'm excited now um, This is a shout out to a listener named Dan um, It's a recommendation he had um, This is one of two recommendation stories We're going to start the episode with Walking Outside the House from Creepypasta
1: A Russian girl of six years dashed down the hallways of her home, thunder and lightning crashing and illuminating the dark carpets and wall panels. Rain beat harshly against the windows as she ran, tears streaking down her face. She stopped and waited for a second uh, when she came to a wooden door at the end of the hallway. Her hand raised to knock on it, but she hesitated, she wondered whether her mother would be upset with her if she crawled into her bed at this hour.
0: She just got finished watching the new uh, Chappelle show uh, (laughs) sketch on uh, Netflix, direct to Netflix. She was really upset with her. Yeah,
1: taken aback. Another loud bang from outside. She flinched, deciding now would be a good time to go inside. Uh, She wrapped her knuckles as loud as she could, crying out all the while, Ma-mama, can I come in? She tried to keep from choking up. Mere seconds later, the door was opened and a young woman was standing in the doorframe, looking down at the little girl. May, do you want something? Can-can I sleep with you tonight, mama? She sighed, a small smile on her face. Are you afraid of the storm, my dear? She nodded. Tears rolling down her cheek. She sniffled and looked up. She sniffled and looked down, avoiding her mother's gaze as the woman picked her up gently and carried her into the room, closing the door behind herself.
0: I just gotta say, I didn't even catch that. (laughs) So good for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, The punctuation in this is is miserable. It's a a little weird. (laughs) Um, She set the child down on her bed, covered her up with a heavy blanket, and sat down beside her. Uh, would you like to? Would you like me to sing for you? Oh fuck! <laughs> her mother's soft voice echoed through the cozy room. Okay, okay. Oh my God! This is in Russian. Um, <laughs> we can't. Uh, May have replied finally. Uh, Alright.
0: Oh,
1: I... <laughs> the, the, the woman closed her eyes and tried to remember a certain song. Oh, right, that uh, one. <laughs> one that her mother always sang to her and On Stormy Nights She gathered the lyrics in the tune Positioning herself on the bed So she could face her daughter She began to sing May had never heard the song before It was a cryptically beautiful one At the least The lyrics were Almost upsetting uh, But the voice that her mother had adopted Was beautiful And offset May's fear a little. Uh, She wasn't able to relax fairly well during and after the song because of the words. She thought that her mother was purposefully trying to scare her into sleeping. That's fucking hilarious. No, read the English. Read the English. Where's the English? Oh. So every other sentence. Tilly Tilly Bum. Oh, that's why I didn't get it. Tilly Tilly Bum. Tilly Tilly Bum, swiftly close your eyes. Someone is walking outside the house <laughs> and knocks upon the door. Tilly, Tilly, bum, the night is singing. He is already <laughs> inside the
0: house. <laughs> this mom is fucking great.
1: Uh, of, Go to sleep, <laughs> you piece of shit, yeah. or else
0: I'm gonna stab you in the eyes. <laughs> uh,
1: of those who can't sleep, he walks... He is coming closer. Tilly Tilly Bomb, did you hear someone nearby looking around the corner, piercing with his gaze? (laughs) Tilly Tilly Bomb, the silent night hides everything. (laughs) He sneaks up behind you, and he's going to get you. he walks, he is coming Closer to tilly, tilly, bomb Do you hear someone Nearby looking around The corner Piercing with his gaze The rain had subside- <laughs> <laughs> The rain had subsided a bit Yeah, the translation thing made it hard To like oh, keep the flow you did a Rastafarian
0: <laughs> for a Russian Mother song I, I love it, I fucking love it, dude um, that, I mean, that what, couldn't, that could not have gone better in my head. How does <laughs> Russian music sound? Oh, the the my hmm. I
1: don't think it's as, as <laughs> no, like.
0: No, I'm doing the stereotypes. Okay, okay. We're gonna listen to it, by the way. Oh, there's a video. Even better.
1: Let's. The rain had subsided a little bit while her mother was singing. May looked out the window and wondered if her mother was telling the truth or not, but she didn't dare to ask. Could there really be someone lurking outside in this storm? Yes. No. Of course not. It's just a lullaby, after all. May felt shivers down her spine when she kept looking out the window. She swore she saw a shadow, and maybe even heard footsteps. May watched as her mother took off her slippers and lifted the blanket to lay it underneath. Good night, child. Sleep well. Good night, Mama. Some time passed after May saw the shadow. She hadn't heard anything for a while, so that was good. Uh, Her mother was snoring very quietly beside her, and she couldn't fall asleep because of the continuous rain. Her eyes widened, and she hid half of her face under the blankets at a sudden noise. There was a knock at the door. Her eyes welled with tears. She thought back to the strange song. No, it, it wasn't possible. Mama? Footsteps down the hallway. Mama, wake up! The sound stopped right in front of the bedroom door. Tell me this isn't real! Still, there was silence. May didn't like it. She pulled up the blanket even higher until her entire body was covered and she lay huddled underneath. The door opened. It's only a lullaby. Uh, Tilly Tilly Bum is an old Russian lullaby. The point of the haunting lyrics and medley was to scare the children into falling asleep so that the man wouldn't get them.
0: And that's the end of the story. But I, I, I almost know that the story was originally uploaded to Creepypasta with this video. They probably even made it. To make it sound like it's a Russian lullaby that actually exists. Okay. <clears throat> if it sounds like ass, I'm I'm not gonna buy it even more. But if it sounds natural, part of me is gonna be like,
1: hmm. hmm. <laughs> this is pretty sick. Yeah. This is weird as shit.
0: You know what it sounds like to me? What's song? Like a Guillermo del Toro horror movie. Yeah. You know, it's like, a, what's the one? Um, Don't be afraid of the dark. About the little two fairies. Huh. Like, this is the fucking song that plays. Yeah. This is hilarious. This reminds me of a video game as well. Uh, little Nightmares About... Children getting fucking kidnapped and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and move on with my life, but I recommend anyone else who liked that story or liked that song, you know, look up that Tilly Tilly bomb. Um, I think that was fucking epic. Yeah. Weird how people just uh, recommend good material sometimes. Uh, moving on to a story that might now suck ass. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna read another recommendation this one actually was thrown at me a while ago by someone on reddit it uh i don't typically talk to people on reddit but it was one person just saying read my story and then they chucked it at me so you know they they obviously written by them they obviously saw me on the no sleep sharing my podcast they said You have a podcast show, read my story. Throw it at me. Okay, so, but it has a good rating out of 10, so maybe it doesn't suck. Uh, Crunched up paper house. Um, I also want to speak to the author directly here. We are oftentimes hypercritical of authors when we read creepypasta stories. Yes. So if you are going to take any of this personally... Do not listen to us talk about your story. If you are not comfortable with us making fun of it, then you are not going to have a good time.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have a good time. Also, keep in mind that we do make fun of everything, including ourselves and lots, even
0: logical shit, even logical shit. We can just laugh at sometimes. I mean, where am I? Where the fuck am I?
1: Like, if you, if you, if you don't know the original origin story. Uh, like it's been like three, 40, uh, 100 yeah, like, episodes man. I'll do you, like Your
0: first episode was like 30 something Yeah, so it's been
1: 100 episodes I'll just do like kind of a quick fill in like Do a, it uh, So old man um, my This is my previous boss uh, He when he was my age Had he was working in a garage And had to take care of The so it was the uh, The owner's Father like it, yeah but it was the Husband's father-in-law like the 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 female inherited the shop. The husband was running the shop. It was his father. So it wasn't like the owner. It was like, you know, kind of just an old man just who had Alzheimer's. right. Uh,
0: he this is important by the way. I'm glad you're actually telling this now. It's gonna be relevant later. Cool. Um,
1: he he sort of runs around and gets himself lost because he's too damn stubborn to accept that he needs help but then because he gets he in situations. Yeah, but then he I gets in situations realizing where he does how need help. funny this is. Um,
0: uh, I know Alzheimer's is a serious yeah. debilitating disease and I and very, very likely could get it when I grow older and it's just like reality is a game. It, things stop making sense. Mm-hmm. You literally turn into someone else every day. Um, it is a uh, Well that's a crazy fucking thing. Yeah, which is that's kinda what I was getting into is as serious of an issue as
1: that is, it's still something we can laugh at. The end joke
0: is the reason we laugh at it is because this guy just ran around saying,
1: Where am I?
0: All the time. And no one in their right mind should laugh at something like that, but I think it's fucking hilarious. Of course someone with Alzheimer's (laughs) is running around saying, where am I? Because they don't know. Yeah.
1: I love it. And it was like multiple times a week. Like, you'd think at some point he says, I should stay home so that doesn't happen to me. No, at home he's (laughs) like, where am I?
0: So... That'll become relevant right after this story. Let me get through this real quick. Let's do it. Crunched up paper house from Creepypasta. My friend and I always used to walk through a wonderful, spacious park when we were younger. It was full of tall trees and it was very nicely maintained. In this large park, there was an abandoned mansion. I can't really say how long it had been there. But on that day, the front door of the mansion was wide open. The two of us decided to check out what was inside the place. As we inched through the door, the very first thing we noticed was that the mansion's floor was littered with crumpled up pieces of paper. We looked at each other and observed that there was no furniture, nothing except for those wrinkled balls of paper. The mansion had six rooms on its main floor, and every room we entered bore more and more scrunched-up pieces of paper. We decided to open up one of the paper balls to see what was inside. Our curiosity got the better of us. I picked up a single wrinkled piece, and as my friend picked up another, I unfolded my paper, smoothing out its bends and dents. At that moment, it was almost as if a piece of a rainbow emerged before our eyes, and I was suddenly standing next to a large window in one of the upstairs rooms of the house I was looking outside into the large park when I looked down at the piece of paper I held it read look outside the large window that oversees the park in the upstairs parlor oh fuck so they read it and it fucking happens that's terrifying Yeah. Like, literally, there is someone behind you. End of story. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. I dropped the piece of paper, and it fluttered gracefully to the ground. Meanwhile, I stared at my open hands in a bout of horror. Oh! Dazed and utterly perplexed, where am I? I found my way downstairs and met up with my friend. He was in the kitchen. That's where he was! Sitting at... A round table that hadn't been there before Where did that come from? I wondered My friend stared at his opened paper And reread the words several times Before he looked at me and turned the page my way It said, go to the kitchen and sit at the round table We stared at each other For a few moments, vaguely afraid But then we began to chuckle Within seconds, we were laughing our heads off Marveling at our newfound game We could hardly believe What had happened But being young As we were The mystery was Endlessly exciting We decided again To open another Scrunched up piece of paper Fuck it Let's roll the dice As we opened up The crumpled papers On the floor We experienced The same sudden flash Of rainbow colors But this time I ended lying down In the field Behind the mansion When I peered Onto the paper In my right hand It read Lie down in the field Behind the mansion I giggled uncontrollably. After a few minutes of running around the house, I found my friend collecting multiple balls of paper in his arms, eager to experience more of these strange, exciting phenomena. We both got the gist of what was happening at this point. We had no idea as to how it was possible, but we decided to have more fun with it. The supernatural always had a way of captivating our hearts. Teehee. After a few more run-throughs with these strange mini-teleportation devices, I began to feel apprehensive. I wondered if at one point I would be placed somewhere I didn't want to be, or I'd be made to do something that I didn't enjoy.
1: And here's where he's going to have a bad trip.
0: Ah, fuck. (laughs) We continued, though. Minute after minute, we unfolded many papers and traveled through the bedrooms, closets, trees. But then, after having been on the roof of the mansion. (laughs) I stood before my friend, dead on the living room floor. I didn't scream. I couldn't murder him. I read on my crumpled page as I felt a surge of vomit and bile rise into my throat. Nothing came out but the sickness in my throat spread to my stomach, my head, and my heart. My fucking dick, too. I didn't know what to do. At this point, I began to scream and shout, praying to God for this to be a nightmare. I wanted it to go away. I wanted to rewind our day and be outside again, together, walking underneath the trees. (laughs) All I could do was hide his body in a cupboard. I willed myself to be calm, and I hesitantly unfolded another paper in the hopes that the problem would correct itself, and once again, I saw the colors of the rainbow, and I found myself standing behind a tree. Several meters away from the house. I Could clearly see the front door within a few instants. I saw both myself and my friend walk through that door. I Began to wonder if I had died or if I was having an out-of-body experience I looked at the sheet in my hand and the only words scrawled upon it were time will repeat itself and a paradox will take place And it will be allowed. That gave me an idea. In my pocket remained the paper that made me kill my friend. Without looking at it, I crumpled it back up, quietly. I followed my other self, who had separated from my friend as he explored the rooms of the house, and as I crept up behind him, he turned around very suddenly. Before he could utter a syllable, I forced the paper in front of my eyes, And in a flash of rainbow colors, I was able to kill my other self The laws of time allowed me to take over my dead self's place in this world And also because of the fact it was allowed to happen As it was written on the second piece of paper that I had on me Which reversed time It must have control over time and paradoxes, which made me now The new, alive, and present of my other dead self. I hid my limp bleeding the other dead self in a cupboard in the upstairs bathroom to rot. To my great relief, I heard my friend call my name from downstairs. My friend, who managed to stay alive and well. My best friend. When I went downstairs, he greeted me excitedly, smiling childishly, and began blissfully, unaware of the situation. I pretended that nothing had happened In a heartbeat, I told him that the house creeped me out And that it would be be much better if we left After that day, we never went near the mansion again I don't know if anyone saw or heard about anything that happened between us But I recently heard from another friend that the house had been demolished And I can tell you with great certainty That while this news is a relief I dread the probable Prospects that my corpse Was uncovered In the bathroom cabinet So here's the thing It's not A bad story But it does That horror movie thing Yeah Where, you know, let's look at Butterfly Effect, Donnie Darko Deaths of Ian Stone I think it's called Um and then let's look at uh probably the most comparable of the bunch, time crimes. Okay. The time traveling machine in their garage, the Primer. little fridge. Primer! Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Primer. Absolutely. That's, that's actually the first go one back, I thought of. Go back in time, kill yourself, kill your kill your negative self, try to keep yourself alive, you know, that that's like Primer one oh one. Yeah. I thought of time crimes because time crimes is a paradox. He um at the end of the movie, it's the beginning movie of himself that kills him,
1: unknowingly. I think that I prefer paradoxes when they continue in the cycle. So the fact that he broke out after one loop, I was kind of like, ah...
0: Yeah, there was no Groundhog Day. There's no yeah. enjoyment of, of, yeah. his, of his madness. Um, what I will say, though, is good on him for thinking quick and fast, because I I wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> I'd be like, what... And then I'd find myself back at the tree. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd find myself back at the tree. What?
1: <laughs> well, now I know where the pot is, so let me get that sooner.
0: <laughs> and I'm smoking behind the tree. And I'm smoking behind the tree. Yeah. And I'm smoking behind the tree. Also, what dickhead wrote that rule and threw it in the house? What a piece of shit. There are some fun ones in there, like... T- Touch your friend's butthole, you know, like yeah. a, like tickle your willy, you know. Um, there's a uh, your your greatest love interest is naked in the room at this very moment. What what do you decide to do? Yeah. Um,
1: Just titties on like, the wall.
0: That's like the no end house of possibilities, right there. I think that story was fun. I'm not gonna say it was great, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna say it was written very well. But I will say, a You wrote a fun story, bud Oh yeah, definitely Good on ya, bud So this is why this episode is fucking relevant Because this is the fucking story that I thought we should have read when we read the ABC series Yeah I wanted us to read a creepypasta about a character with Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. That's literally what I wanted to read, which is why that story is relevant Yep. And I I found it again Cool. This story I have held on to for a very fucking long time. It was something on Reddit No Sleep that one of those, like, best of posts suggested. Like, and I kind of, um, do you know what I mean by, like, best yeah, of? Yeah, like, they yeah. said, like, best of September, best of October. Mm-hmm. Like, and this was one of those, like, best of the month stories. Sure. Um, it's called Edith's Memory. It is from Reddit No Sleep. It is absolutely about a character with Alzheimer's, so I want everyone to strap the fuck in, because we're about to get real. Is there anything you want to say before we dive into this?
1: Nope. Let's, Let's do it.
0: Fuck yeah. Every weekend I drive out to visit Edith. Although not biological, she still mothered me like her own. She never wanted me to refer to her as a mother and insisted me title her as grandmother, considering that she was 68 when she adopted me at 15. Edith didn't adopt me because I craved for a loving family, I didn't. She adopted me because she wanted to provide the opportunity for me to graduate high school, enroll in college, and make a success of myself, and for that I love her. Currently, I am 28 years old, working as a paralegal, Edith can't do much nowadays, except for aimlessly wander the house and backyard occasionally Although most of the time she stays in bed watching television Tina and Olivia, her caretakers, have always been good to her I had to hire the two because Edith refused to move to the city Even though I offered for her to live with me I suppose the memories made here are what compelled her to stay Memory. That word now cripples me With fear Edith has Alzheimer's And being 81 years old It's no surprise that the disease developed When I visit her It's nearly impossible to talk about current events Even though she watches television all day She doesn't retain the information But that doesn't mean that Edith is a boring old lady Edith has remembered almost everything from her past. When I sit down on the recliner next to her bed, we'll both watch TV and talk about her memories. Today she told me a story that will forever haunt me. We sat beside each other, watching a jewelry commercial depicting a man proposing to his lover.
1: That was a very sweet commercial.
0: Edith mentioned, in her cheery yet tired tone, the ad sparked an idea within me. Edith? I asked, turning towards
1: her. What's the nicest
0: thing someone has done for you? Looking over at me from her bedside, she smiled. Her pale features and striking blue eyes had always appeared strangely friendly to me. Are you sure
1: you want to know?
0: She questioned. Of course I do, I replied enthusiastically. Why wouldn't I? The smile faded from her face.
1: When I was a young lady,
0: she began staring off into space as
1: if recollecting her thoughts. I had crashed my car. Uh, I don't quite remember where I was headed to or why I crashed, but I do remember plowing it into a telephone pole. She started to giggle slightly. (laughs) Luckily, the thing didn't fall over. Who knows what would have happened if it did, but it was dark out and I didn't want to get out to look at the damage. Uh, I was still, am, scared of the dark. She giggled again, looking over at me. But a very nice man driving behind me pulled over to where I had crashed to see if I was okay. I don't remember his name, but I do remember that he was quite the gentleman. Just like you, honey, she said, poking me in the ribs.
0: Even though I'm a full-grown man, she still pampers me.
1: After looking at the damage done, he figured he would drive me the less than four miles back to his apartment where I could use his telephone to call a tow truck. Yeah, I'll show uh, you a tow truck, I'm, Edith. I my, suppose I'm thankful that he lives nearby.
0: Come back to my place, Edith. I'll show you my fucking tow truck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, uh, that was nice of... <laughs> A stranger to do. She nodded. I do I did deliver a letter to his apartment to thank him for his kindness. Silence.
0: Again. Now I was getting confused. And? I urged her
1: on. After a few days I, I saw in the newspaper that he had gone missing. Interesting. I will admit,
0: by the time I left Edith's home I was creeped out. At least now I knew why she asked me if I wanted to hear the story or not. It had a strangely sad ending. Yet the oddities don't end there. As I was driving home that night, a car sped past me, going at least twice the speed I was. But people speed all the time, and I thought nothing of it until it crashed head-on into a telephone pole. Shit!
1: (laughs) I love that you said
0: it to yourself And then realized it was the line I yelped pulling over to the side I had two thoughts going on in my head At this point Is this person okay And
1: Damn what a coincidence
0: I pulled out a flashlight From the glove box of my car Left it and ran over towards the crashed vehicle It was a nice car too A 1954 Chevy Impala What a shame are you alright? I flashed the light inside the window, staring back at me was a woman. Her intense blue eyes complimented her fair skin tone. Back when I was younger, I recall Edith and I looking through her old family photographs. I've seen plenty of pictures of Edith in her twenties. This woman's resemblance was uncanny and it chilled me to the bone. Which means the narrator's going missing, he's yeah. going missing. Seven well, days, motherfucker.
1: I <laughs> Seven days. I don't know if he's going missing or if he just went into the past, and he's going back to the future, and that's why she could never find him. Because he was just there for that one incident. That's true. Like a guardian angel-esque.
0: That could be... It could, it could very well be an eleven twenty two sixty three 22 63 moment. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm down for any time travel shenanigans. That's actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. After inspecting the damaged Impala, I discovered that its front axle had been bent in the collision, rendering the vehicle now impossible to drive. I turned to face the strange woman who kept thanking me for stopping to help.
1: I, well... "'Do you have a cell phone you can use to call someone?'
0: I hesitantly asked. She wore a full skirt and an old leather-bomb jacket. "'Cell phone?' She echoed, looking confused.
1: "'I don't have one of those, unfortunately.'
0: I wasn't surprised, considering she looked like she literally came out of the 1950s. Actually, I almost expected her to not have a cell phone. Since I also don't have one, my options were to either leave her stranded on the side of the road or offer her a ride.'
1: Well, miss, I uh, suppose I can offer you a ride home.
0: I asked nervously. I began to sweat. She smiled. That's Edith's smile. If it isn't too much trouble, she responded.
1: Oh, of of course not. I live right around the corner.
0: I stuttered, realizing that I lived approximately four miles away. My hands trembled on the steering wheel the entire drive back to the apartment where I allowed her to use my phone to call a cab and tow truck. My legs felt wobbly as I walked her to the cab.
1: Thank you for all your help. Is there anything I can do to repay? Nope. I loudly cut her off. Nothing at all. My, my pleasure. She laughed. Well, sir, you've been a gentleman. I'll most likely see you around again Oh fuck (laughs) As she
0: drove off I couldn't help but think about How just right she was I couldn't sleep I wanted to call Edith right then and there To ask her about this occurrence But it was eleven at night It'll have to wait until tomorrow Eventually I passed out But I was abruptly awoken By my doorbell Still dressed in the clothes from yesterday I sprang up and out of bed
1: Please don't be who I
0: think it is. Please don't be her. I murmured, my face feeling flushed of all color. I stared out the door's peephole. No one was on the other side. A sigh of relief passed over me. I came to the conclusion that I imagined the doorbell's ring. Heading down toward the lobby was dreadful. Edith's words hung over me like a fog.
1: I did deliver a letter to his apartment to thank him for his kindness. I wanted to cry.
0: I've never felt this shaken in my entire life. Approaching the mailbox, I fumbled with my key. Inside was nothing but bills. My eyes widened in disbelief. No letter. No letter. I started to laugh. Did I dream this entire fucking thing? I joked with myself. I froze upon entering my apartment. On my way in, I stepped on something slightly padded. The doorbell rang for a reason this morning. The letter was delivered, slid underneath the door. Edith's words buzzed in my head.
1: I saw in the newspaper that he had gone missing.
0: The letter was beneath my foot. I didn't move. I whimpered, then cried at the thought of what may happen to me next. I stood there hyperventilating, trying my best not to look down at the envelope, but I eventually had to. I had to look down. I had to pick it up. My hands trembled as I turned it over in my hands. Nothing was written on the front nor the back. Dare I open it? I gently placed the envelope on my coffee table, sitting down on the sofa. I began to (coughs) debate—I began to debate on what I should do now. I saw in the newspaper that he had gone missing It just keeps happening I saw in the news. I saw in the news. I saw in the <laughs> And he's just like fuck, fuck fuck Yeah. Something horrible might happen to me if I open it And yet then again Something horrible might happen to me if I don't open it We got a Schrodinger's cat situation here oh, yeah. my
1: friend Yeah Damned if you do, damned
0: if you don't I concluded that no matter what I do with this envelope A dire fate was in store for me If that strange woman was really Edith, then I may just inevitably disappear. It's how the story went. Therefore, it must be destined to happen. Going back to visit Edith and question her about this envelope was my best idea. At least that way, I'll get some answers. I picked up the envelope by a corner and tore it open. I couldn't help but shut my eyes as I did so. Inside was no letter, as I figured there would be. (coughs) Instead, there was a map. Well, a piece of a map. I say piece because it appears as if someone stole, as if someone had torn a small section out of the complete map. The map fragment was just about the size of my palm. Labeled on it was a city titled Billton. Bilton. B I L T O N. That city, it's less than six hours away. I blurted aloud. I know this place. At that moment, I grabbed my keys and rushed to the car. Upon arriving at either home I noticed Tina and Olivia in front of the house. Tina readying to go home, Olivia just arriving. They smiled and waved at me as I approached. What are you doing here? Tina exclaimed, checking her wristwatch. Aren't you supposed to be somewhere, Mr. Workaholic? I pretended to laugh. <laughs> ah, took the day off to visit Grandma. How's she doing? I retorted. Tina raised her hands up to her temples, rubbing them as if she had a headache.
1: Well, she's in
0: one of those moods again.
1: She muttered. Oh, sheesh. Olivia responded. I don't know how I'm going to differentiate between the two of (laughs) them. That's
0: fine. Edith has never married. She had only one love in her life. When he left her, she never found another. So every now and then she remembers him causing her attitude to shift from sweet to bitter.
1: I'll see if I can cheer her up.
0: I mentioned upon entering the house. Walking up the stairs, I noticed Edith's door was wide open. She sat on the edge of her bed, looking out the window. Beside her were several tiny wooden boxes used to keep trinkets and notes. Even though the door was open, I knocked on it and stood in the doorway. As she turned around, I watched her angry mood lift back up to happiness, a huge smile crossed her face and she raised her arms as high as they could go that was the signal to go and hug her
1: what are you doing here don't you have to work today she said while i hugged her took the day off today so i came to visit
0: <laughs> he's that's like the second or third time he's just used an awkward noun twice in the same sentence yeah. <laughs> just as i thought her smile couldn't get any wider it did I helped Edith down the staircase and walked her over to the kitchen, where I helped her make tea. Olivia joined us, and we talked about nonsense for half an hour. When Olivia left the room, I decided to make my move. Edith, uh, do you remember anything about the city of Bilton? She lowered her teacup, pale blue eyes, looking back at me quizzically.
1: Why? Well, we were talking about Bilton earlier with Olivia, and you... Uh, said you had something to say about it.
0: I lied. I felt terrible lying to her, but it was my best chance at getting her to fess up. I knew that Edith wouldn't have remembered a single thing about what we spoke about 30 minutes ago, so I can literally pretend we had a conversation that never existed. It's a little manipulative. She looked down at her teacup and nodded, as if she knew exactly what I was speaking of.
1: Bilton, she began, is where I met with the man who helped me on the day I crashed my car. We met at the corner of 22nd Street. I blinked confused as hell. But, Edith, I thought you said he went missing. You told me you saw it in the newspaper. Edith raised her head to look at me, her expression stone cold. Steve Austin. I did see in the newspaper that he'd gone missing, she whispered. But he was only missing to everyone except me. What the fuck does that mean?
0: (laughs) The rest of the day was quiet with Edith. I didn't urge her to speak more on the subject, although I wish I had. I could tell her mood had drastically worsened. After returning Edith to her bed, she instantly fell asleep. Looking at the map one more time, I searched for 22nd Street. There it was. Smack-dab in the middle of the map piece, taking a red pen from Edith's bedside, I circled the street name and placed the map into my pocket. I started to move Edith's trinket boxes from her bed to her nightstand, hoping not to wake the old woman, but as I stacked the boxes in my arms, I couldn't help but drop one. The lid fell open, and something fluttered out from its compartment. As I stood... As I stooped down to retrieve its contents, I couldn't help but notice the sinking feeling in my chest. Edith's little box held a paper, a map piece to be exact, and circled in red pen towards the middle was 22nd Street. I have to go. I need to go. There's no point in not going, but what happens if I stay? These thoughts raced throughout my mind. I stood in Edith's bedroom, studying both map pieces. They were absolutely identical in every aspect. The circle that I drew just minutes ago is the same circle on this map found in Edith's box. I shoved both into my pocket, closed my eyes, and took one deep breath. On my way out, I checked the time. Roughly 3 p.m. That's plenty of time. I'll arrive in Bilton in sometime around 9. I hurried to my car. The drive was nerve-wracking. What am I to expect when I get to 22nd Street? Will Edith Doppelganger be there waiting, or will something else? I had to be brave, even though I hadn't the slightest clue what may be in store for me. There seemed to be a sliver of hope within me. I can prevent this. I know I can. I can do this. I parked my car at around 8 p.m. I guess adrenaline caused me to drive faster than normal. No matter, I'm here now. As I got out onto the sidewalk, I pulled out the map. This was it. The corner of 22nd Street. Standing in front of me was the city library. No one else was around. I made my way towards the doors. Why would she leave me here? I thought aloud. This place closed three hours ago. I tried the door anyways, and they were locked, as I assumed. Peering inside was impossible. The lights were off. I could barely make out the bookcases. And then I noticed a transparent figure. Edith. I could see her standing, but not inside the library. What was I looking at? Oh, it was a reflection. I spun around, startled by her sudden appearance. I yelped. She giggled.
1: I'm sorry, did I frighten you?
0: She laughed placing a hand on my shoulder. <laughs> I know the gesture was meant to reassure me but
1: all it did was make me cringe. Yeah, but uh but that's that's okay. I squeaked. She was still smiling. I was also about to leave,
0: she told me.
1: I figured you weren't going to show up.
0: I handed her the map trying to remain as calm as possible. Well, uh, your letter
1: wasn't exactly the most informative. I replied. She didn't even look at my outstretched
0: hand. Her eyes were fixed on mine.
1: I, um, didn't get your name. I
0: mentioned, averting my gaze. Her hand never left my shoulder.
1: My name is Edith. I don't think I received your name either.
0: I felt my face redden. A bead of sweat rolled down my forehead.
1: My-my-my name? It's, uh, uh... I
0: can't tell her. Don't tell her.
1: Listen, uh... I, I announced. May I ask why you had me come here?
0: She laughed again, never taking her eyes off mine. Well... She said, running her hand from my shoulder to my damp, clammy hand.
1: I couldn't stop thinking about you after we met the other day. Uh, I feel that we have a, uh, connection...
0: Her hand was like ice. My mouth was dry.
1: I I don't think this is a good idea. I, uh, I'm married.
0: I lied. Even though her smile faded, her pale blue eyes still life fixated onto me. I gotta get out of here quick.
1: I'll, I'll be going now.
0: I croaked. I tried to pull my hand away, but her grip tightened. No, you won't. She snapped, her lips tight and eyes narrowed. L-
1: l- let me go! I-, I can't.
0: I demanded, but was interrupted by a sharp pain in my sternum. Oh, Jesus! Looking down, I saw her clenched fist grasping the hypodermic needle buried within my chest. I felt a warm sensation overtake me. What the and f- and you know, at this point in the story, I was actually thinking to myself, like, wait. If she's, like, young and hot and everything, and you're a guy, why not just complete the paradox and give her a good lay? Yeah. It already said that, like, even though you were together, you disappeared again at okay. another point in your life, so you know that, like, this will keep you alive for a while. Yeah. He didn't have to... Uh, and,
1: and why and was not... he
0: immediately creeped out? Yeah. Because he she's... knows what she looks like when she's older? That's not scary. That's almost sad.
1: He also said that, like, he's adopted. Like she adopted him at five.
0: Yeah. I I I would have I would have given her a good time. Probably. Yeah, that's commitment. They're married for what, twenty two years, I think they said. Oh, that's interesting. (coughs) Well, this isn't going that way. (laughs) Yeah. She he got needled. (laughs) Pushing Edith aside, I tried running down the steps towards my car. Instead, I tumbled down the staircase. The last thing I saw before passing
1: out Was Edith's hand covering my eyes So she didn't see you when missing She fucking kidnapped him Absolutely
0: I awoke in a dark room I could feel a bed beneath me It was wet I tried to scream but soon realized That something filled my mouth Reaching up I found both hands bound together I began to pull the grimy rag Out of my mouth But my gag reflex caused me to spew vomit Onto my lap I wiped the tears from my face and spat out the remaining bile. Looking around the room, I could see the door. Light was seeping through its frame. Standing, I tried stepping towards it. My first step sent me toppling to the ground. Something was around my legs. My pants? No. 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 I felt my mouth salivate, and next thing I knew, I threw up again. My eyes burned as light flooded into the room, the door opened. I looked up from my fetal position through blurry, wet eyes. It was Edith. She held a knife in one hand and a gun in the other. She giggled. (laughs) You look so vulnerable, darling. She snorted. Mm, Don't worry, though.
1: You'll be put out of your misery soon.
0: I began to cry. I wanted to scream, but no sound came out of my open, drooling mouth. She walked towards me and cut the rope around my wrists. As soon as my hands were freed, I frantically hiked up my pants and jumped to my feet. Oh. She, f- she fucked him? I don't know. What's with the pants
1: thing? I mean... She held the gun, pointing it towards my face. Wife or no wife, you are staying with me. You don't need anyone
0: else. She scolded. The door was open still, but I dared not look at it. So I wiped the vomit and tears from my face and stared back at her. She was smiling. Run. Out the door. Down the stairs. Go. She still stood there, as if almost expecting me to make a mad dash. Tears still streamed down my face. Go. I rushed towards Edith, shoved her to the ground, and leaped over her out the door. I was in the hallway which way's the staircase I need to go down. I chose the left path and ran, but my moment of faith was cut short. There was a staircase, all right. It led up. I looked behind me to notice Edith was calmly walking towards me, gun out in front. I had no other option but to ascend the stairs. My body felt strained and tired as I took the steps, two at a time. This newer hallway wrapped around to the right. I kept running, as fast as my lethargic, drug-laden body could take me. The hallway ended at a window. I could hear Edith's gentle steps behind me. I contemplated hiding in one of the adjacent rooms, but what real use was that she'd eventually find me. I took one deep breath and held it as I charged the window. The thin glass shattered as I tumbled two stories down to the pavement. The last sound, i heard was the cracking of my skull almost immediately after i fell i woke back up this time in a brightly lit hospital room what where am i i looked around the room to see a nurse her gaze met mine and a wave of surprise crossed her face you're awake she whispered he's awake a doctor exclaimed (laughs) a doctor a doctor next to her turned to face me he sure is he quietly exclaimed the nurse came to sit down next to me while the doctor went out to call associates to monitor my awakening I looked up at the nurse and tried to speak but my throat held a respirator the nurse took my hand and stroked it looking down at it I nearly jumped out of my hospital bed my hand looked like that of an 80 year old man I tore my hand away from the nurse's and touched my face. It felt leathery and wrinkled. I examined my arms. They were scrawny and were mottled with liver spots. The nurse tried to place my hands back down into my lap, crooning at me. Calm down, calm down. What is happening? I grabbed the respirator tube and yanked it out. At first, I felt lightheaded, but mustered enough strength to roll off the bed and onto my feet. Nurses and attendants surrounded me. Looking into the window, I could see my reflection. I was an old man. My heart raced. Cords and wires were still attached to me at my wrists and my stomach, but I pulled free. People gathered around me, trying to suppress my sudden outburst. I screamed, but all that emerged from my throat was a tired moan. Edith! I groaned. Where is Edith? No one answered my cry. Edith! I blurted. The nurse next to me answered Edith. Edith is long dead. I felt my heart rate begin to decrease. A wave of tiredness overcame me. Edith is dead? I replied, giving in to their pleas to sit. The nurse laid me back down onto the hospital bed while attendants hurried to replace the wires and tubes I yanked off.
1: The nurse held up a file. Edith, your adoptive mother had passed away when you were only 28 years old. I felt a wave of relief
0: pass over my aching body. The nurse continued to talk to me, but the only words I could make out before I passed out were coma, delusional disorder, and dreaming. I awake once again on a crowded city street. It was bright day. I looked down at my hands. They were smaller, smoother, not wrinkled. They were younger. I wore blue jeans, a windbreaker, and sneakers on my feet. I remember these clothes. I had these when I was 15 years old. I was in the middle of a crosswalk. Several feet in front of me was a man and a woman, and they looked back at me. I remember those people. I remember those people. Mom! Dad! I yelled. A happiness filled my soul. My parents, alive! They're here with me! A lump in my throat formed as I tried to hold back tears. Mommy! Daddy! My legs felt wobbly and weak. I cried, but there were tears of absolute joy. You're,
1: You're here! You're here with me!
0: My parents looked at each other, confused as hell, as to why their son was breaking down emotionally. I love you, Mom and Dad. I tried to run over to them. I love- A semi-truck horn blared as it plowed through the crosswalk, crushing Mom and Dad beneath its sixteen wheels. I stopped dead in my tracks. People from sidewalks and cars rushed towards my parents' obliterated bodies. No, please, don't, not again I fell to my knees My tears of happiness reverted to intense hysteria I wailed, I screamed, I mourned Honey? A voice emerged from the other room It had been a couple of months since I arrived at St. Josephine's Orphanage My life was nothing to me anymore. A nun opened the door a crack.
1: Someone is here to
0: see you. I sat on the edge of my bed and looked up at a new woman who entered the room. She was fair-skinned, with intense blue eyes. This is Edith, the nun continued. Edith smiled. The end. Yo, I love the paradox
1: shit tonight. I, I don't and see, like, that's the weird thing is, like, I can interpret that, like, at least two different ways, oh, if not a couple more. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's I some think afterlife that, shit, that's some
0: hell shit, yeah. some torture shit, um, but that's also, like, supernatural shit, where the notes predestined were her lack of memories living another life. Like, is he wrapped up in her supernatural shit, or is he just
1: experiencing yeah. what
0: is life? Under a fucked up umbrella
1: I don't think that what happened When he was 28 I don't think that actually happened I think that he was an old man having um, You know Alzheimer's And sort of had a flashback to A nightmare that he had um, That huh. like It just and, and sort of how his Alzheimer's worked It blurred like her story With his story And like all of a sudden like him you know it just it twisted everything In his own mind And he couldn't tell what was real and what was fake
0: I agree I mean there are definitely spots of that in there um, It's I think it's really just It's hard for me To tell where The madness Of Edith yeah. ends And the madness of the narrator Like started
1: Cause part of me know? like At some point I was like She's stealing his, like, um, his energy, his soul. You know, like, she's taking the, the youth from him at 28. And, sure. But, I like, I just, I don't... I would have liked to see some commitment of that uh, well, I perpetuating. Well,
0: I think that's still just an interpretation. There still, oh, absolutely. There, you know, I read it a little bit more as, like... This guy is experiencing His life under The lens of Edith The memories that she was Forgetting he was living Mm -hmm. And as he Continued to try and get To know more about her He found himself Lost in Her own Like Alzheimer's memory Now her younger self Is some sort of Supernatural paradox.
1: Cool.
0: Because there's no way for old her to be turning young and showing up at those scenes. Like, that young her mm-hmm. is happening in the same timeline. She lives her life with this guy when she's younger. He disappears. She gets old enough, adopts a 15 year old, and then when he turns 28, she turns 68. And has Alzheimer's And tells him about the first memory
1: And he starts the loop all over again And okay. they're,
0: bo- they're both caught in each other's yeah. lives In this fucking paradox
1: She can't get out and he can't get in
0: Both ways, I yeah. think I, yeah. I think neither of them can get out And I think every time they restart that cycle They forget again mm-hmm. You know, they're both, they're both suffering Alzheimer's Almost okay. Or maybe... The point of the story is That's how Alzheimer's feels Yeah It's Could you imagine having This is the most haunting part of the story for me That made me realize something Could you remember having the brain of a 28 year old If I were to just suddenly snap you off And wake you up 60 years from now In an old man's body Would you really be able to be like Fuck I was just 28 And then be old
1: No because I, I, I can't I can't do that do. for twenty four. I can't Surely. just like right. you know, here's how I like I can okay, this is what I was doing when I was twenty four, but like I know that I had a different mentality about the world even as sure you know, shortly back as that. Sure. And and I found that to be the most haunting factor of the
0: story. I just thought to myself, like, absolutely not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely not. That is terrifying. Yeah. You only have one life people like you if you fucking get coma and yeah. you wake up at the tail end like you got a bad fucking rap man.
1: yeah I mean that <laughs> you, you might got well a
0: bad fucking rap dude because I'm drugs, sitting, enjoy the, I'm the sitting here left. on edibles high as shit yeah. smoking weed reading stories online and there is someone in a vegetable state in a hospital somewhere who will not wake up for another 20 years and that is fucked up mm-hmm. <laughs> And I liked that story Me too Me too it was, it was as interesting as I thought it was gonna be I am not overjoyed by it But it has been a while since yeah. I read something that's on par with my expectations
1: It took the twists and turns Like it took the number of twists and turns I wanted it to And I didn't know which direction they were gonna go in And you know what?
0: We didn't really talk about it, but, like, ABC's was just such a fucking disappointment that this this is really what I wanted the entire time. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't someone make this a five-part fucking story? Exactly. You could continue those memories and then have the final fucking act be the revert to childhood, start the cycle all over again. Mm -hmm. You know, um, shit, that almost feels like it could be like a movie at that
1: point. So, so... Going back to your interpretation, you think that, that that was the husband. He was the husband. Then why
0: did she kidnap him? So in a different so paradoxes are are interesting. The exact things don't need to happen the exact way every time for the paradox to exist. Yeah. I'm going with time crimes logic. Yeah, again, yeah. Or um or even primer logic again just because you had the same upbringing doesn't mean that you're going to marry the same person every time multiverse theory you're so not she's gonna marry forcing him no i'm saying in a different timeline they just had a thing got it on and he was able to fulfill his role as her husband even though he had really weird memories of being you know a younger guy um and fall and you know <coughs> taking care of an Alzheimer's granny <coughs> with the same name. Yeah. You know, I think some people might find that as a coincidence, some might some might like read into it a little bit too far. But I think ultimately you meet like a little hottie with the same name as like eventual Alzheimer's Grandmother that took care of you your entire life, that's nothing to be scared about. Yeah. In fact, that's the back to the future question of the year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you go back in time and fuck your own mom if she is interested in you? I didn't ask it back to the future. Asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, fair. anyway, um, but that's the fucking situation. And as we already pointed out, um, they're not fucking related, so it doesn't matter. It yeah. almost makes the paradox make more sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is the husband in a different timeline when this loop worked and she was a more rational woman, you know. But she, that that's what happened. In she this also timeline, knows. in this timeline, he picked up on that shit. He knocked that box over. He took his timeline off the fucking rails for a minute and when she rushed to catch up, it had an effect on how she interpreted things like for her they would were supposed to have a connection and be married when he immediately shuts that shit down she gets cranked to 11 and says no really we have to be together and and fucking kidnaps him and I think that that shit that happened in primer this guy literally goes back and restarts his timeline to say Mm -hmm. like no I'm gonna kidnap this guy at this point in time so that you can have a better life it is nuts Mm-hmm. I love that shit So, um, the paradoxical nature Yes, that is how I interpret the story That might not be the way Other people are reading that yeah, story
1: Yeah, yeah I think, um, I mean, we went over, like, three or four different explanations Oh Just bouncing back and forth It also could yeah. be the
0: Schrodinger's cat thing, you know yep. It's just, like in this timeline, that's what happened because he opened the box. Mm-hmm. In another timeline, he didn't open the box and something you know maybe he lived. maybe he had a happy life.
1: yeah,
0: you know, maybe we're just seeing the other side never of the never
1: even got to the envelope
0: that could have fuck that could yeah. very well <coughs> very well. I like it, and I like stories like that, and I like when stories make me think a little bit because I'm fucking thinking even harder. I am high. I'm so high.
1: Yeah. So do we call it or do where we? Where am oh, I? I <laughs> yeah. How, uh, is
0: there any? Is there any ending note or anything you wanna?
1: No, I mean. Say? <laughs> well, I, I'm sort of at like a, a point where like if we if we did like another short one I'd be fine with that. Oh, if no, we call it here, that's we're fine calling too. it here. Cool. Okay. We're calling it here. But
0: um, that's just because that's all I had planned, and I don't want to get into any other material. Cool. Cool.
1: So I guess the 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 final thought that I'll uh, I'll bring up. Final is,
0: thoughts with where
1: am I? Um, sometimes you just don't know. Dun, dun,
0: dun, and sometimes, dun, dun, it way, dun, dun, sometimes dun, dun, it's better that way. Sometimes it's better
1: to not know than it is to know. As they say, ignorance is bliss.
0: Where am I? So I did the more you know. <laughs> Noise, and you literally said you don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Fuck the less you know. Yo, know, I've said it multiple times. I wish I could get back to the age where, you know, uh, I had that blissful ignorance and nothing mattered. Yeah. Because now everything matters. In exactly. Life, and life is miserable.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: I mean, doing drugs is the only time when I feel that life is not miserable and, uh, I don't have any responsibilities <laughs> at the moment, so it's yeah. just like, oh, that's fun. Um, <coughs> oh fuck! Uh, Edith's memory, more like my memory. All these fucking drugs, and so yeah. hard to remember what I <laughs> ate for lunch yesterday. I'm like, what did I for dinner? It was uh, spaghetti, maybe. I don't know,
1: something. I guess, where am I? Where am I? <laughs>
0: So much weed, you put in the lead, and I get more. Happy.